With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Heavy metal. The way it was meant to be.
Uh, that's a great way to start off any show. A little bit of witch cross over there. Face of a clown. And I might should be calling in any second. Uh, we have him on early tonight because it's kind of late where he is. Big time difference between the two uh, zones. So we'll give Mike a few seconds uh, to call him before we play any more music and uh, find out what's going on in the world of Witch Cross. I know the band just opened up for Deep Purple, and uh, that must have been a great show. Big fan of these guys for a long time, and uh, I don't want to talk too much about the band. I want to save it for Mike calls in. So, uh, like I said, we'll just hang out a few seconds, see what's going on. I know we talk about Black Sabbath here on the show all the time, especially like everything that's going on with uh, Bill Ward not being on the tour and Ozzy's voice being shot. And uh, I've been watching a whole bunch of videos this week, and I'm sorry, but, <laughs> I mean, he just cannot sing anymore, Ozzy. And I'm a big fan, you know, and I love the band, but I keep trying to wrap my head around, and I just cannot get into watching them live. I'm seeing people paying 100 $200 a ticket, and I, I believe me, I know it's an event. I mean, they might not ever play live again, ever, might not record ever again. But it just like for that kind of money, you should get a little better performance than that. It was even hard for me to get through the tunes, but like I only tuning down so much, and the songs are just so slow and, and and trotting because like they can't go any faster, I guess, because of him. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that, but it is what it is, you know. And like uh, you know, as much as I talk about Eddie Trunk, and you know, he talks about himself over and over again. He made some good points about the show on his program last weekend. You know, he was saying you know a lot of people complain about Sabbath, and you know. They're not happy about Bill Ward and Ozzy singing. We had those same people all going to show up and buy those tickets. And <laughs> that's really mattered to the band because in the end, that's all it is about. It's about selling tickets and, you know, making money. So he was 100% right about that. All right, let me see. I don't know where uh, Mike is, so let me get another tune on. Let me dig up his phone number, and uh, I'll give him a call. So uh, before that, let me play a little tune for you over here. I have a couple of new songs, but they're a little long. And I won't be able to get them on before the interview. So how about we do our demolition segment? We get that out of the way. This is a band from Germany called Adventure. Killer band. We're putting up their demo faster than hell this week. Head over to the blog spot. Download yourself a copy of that demo tape. Here's the title track of it, Faster Than Hell.
All right, there's a venture with Faster Than Hell. That's this week's demolition segment. Head over there. Download yourself a copy of it right now. Let me welcome Big T to the line. Tommy, how are you, buddy? Hey, bro. How's it going, man? All right, not bad. I'm trying to reach out to our guest. He was supposed to call in by now. I haven't heard from him. And I'm having a real difficult time dialing out on Skype with his number. I don't know why. So, uh, I don't know, buddy. It's just yeah. starting out to be one of those nights over here, you know? Are they in England now? Uh, well, actually, it's from Denmark. He did live in England for a while, and uh, I, believe it or not, I think the country card is from England. Maybe that's why I'm uh-huh. having trouble uh, mm. getting through on that number. I don't know, but maybe, you know, maybe I'll try to put it through again, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's all I can do over here. All right, let me see. Uh, well, what's going on in the world of Miller? You hear anything good this week? I mean, uh, our, mm. our roving reporter, Mr. Ken Pierce, was at the Gigantor the other night, uh-huh. and uh, he put up some pictures, and I got to tell you, it looked kind of empty. Uh, wow. At least for new sets that uh, you know, it looked pretty pretty empty the hall over there, and I just think there was so much confusion about what was going on with that show, and you know, one night being canceled, one night being on, and I don't know, it just didn't seem to work out, I guess. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, you know, well, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, you gotta make the show one way and leave it that way. You can't keep changing things up on people, especially the last minute. We're all adults who have work and other stuff, but you know, <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. do? Well, all right. I don't know about adults, but we all have work. Oh. <laughs> you got that right. Let me see if I can get him on this line. Let me see if this, this number will work this time. I don't know if this is going to go through. Even if it does, I don't even know if I have any Skype credit left. <laughs> Let me try. Nah. Call failed. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I don't know what's happening there, buddy. It's just not working. Ah, I don't know. This is like nothing goes according to plan, you know? I know, I know, I know. I don't know. Let me see. Maybe I'm trying to think of the time. It's home uh, 6 o'clock. That's 12 o'clock in Denmark. I don't know. I can't figure it out, buddy. I don't know. Should we keep the music going until I can figure out how to get them? Well, yeah, you know, play All right, well, and, uh, you can try that's one. all we can do, you can right? Always, always, you can always interrupt and play one of their songs. You can always interrupt and... Uh, yeah, that's true. I'll save it for know. later. You know what? We got Pat Travers online too. Maybe we'll get Pat on, and uh, oh, okay. maybe maybe the time is different over there. I don't know. Maybe I got the time zones confused. I can't figure it out. I just dropped him a line, mm-hmm. but uh, I hate to play that interview and then uh, have to cut that off. But you know, what? let's get a tune on, and I'll figure this out. Yeah, do a uh, song by. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I just played a song by his band, so I'm gonna get something else on. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I got it. Well, here's a great tune. This is uh, Westside Dave put out a killer song last year or the year before called The Illusionist. He's a great guitar player, and he brings back that old rainbow vibe to me. Like, he's got that Richie Blackmore thing going sound-wise, and some really good stuff. He just put out a new song called The Hangman. It's a pretty long song, so I'm going to get that on, and it'll give me a little time to figure out how to get in touch with Mike from Witch Cross so we get that interview going. So here you go. This is Westside Dave, Hangman.
right, there you go. West Side Dave with the hangman. Some really good stuff over there. And T, I'm going to give this one more shot, see if I get through. Okay. All right, if we can't do this, then I don't know. We'll have to uh, go to Pat Travis. Let me see. Uh, no, I don't even know how to use this damn thing over here. Call. Hang up. Call phones. I don't know. Add the contacts. I can't even figure this damn thing out, yo. With, BT, uh, with, uh, with Skype. I never, you know, I have it on my computer, but I never use it. <laughs> I know. It's a, you know what it is? When the main screen comes on, when I use it, I'm fine. Yeah. But then yeah. when I start bouncing around trying to add contacts and stuff, it throws me off because it looks completely different, and I don't know where the hell to go to add somebody to the call. So it beats the hell out of me. Yeah. I'll be damned if I can figure this thing out. Maybe we'll just cancel this interview. <laughs> he didn't call in. He didn't respond back. I have no clue. Oh, he w- why didn't he call you on Skype? Send him like an he email. He was supposed to call me. He never called in. Oh, he, told okay, me I, right. he told me he so remembers. He spoke earlier. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let me do one more tune here while I figure this out. I don't know. I'm getting tired you know, of figuring things out. You you know, you're doing them a favor. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it doesn't matter to us that we, you know what I mean? we got thousands of other bands we could talk to, you know? I know. Let me try one more time. I think I got it on over here. I just hate wasting time going back and forth with this nonsense, know. you know, because okay, people yeah. listening in, they don't need to hear this garbage. Well, you could always right. cut it out in the replay. But nah, I don't do that. I just leave more it. More fun this way. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me. All right, let me see here. All right, add the call. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. And a ba, and a ba, and a ba, and a ba, and a ba. Okay, let's try this. Maybe it was because we had the wrong country code. I don't know. Let's see. Maybe that'll work, huh? Mike? Yeah, hi, Mike. This is Mike. I've been trying to get you. I'm having trouble with the phone numbers. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that I have you on here now. Uh, all this technology is killing me. Okay. So, uh, so when when are we um, when are we doing this? We're doing it right now. You're on live. Today's the day. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> That's why I didn't hear from you. I guess. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was UK time, 12, 12, 12 or 5. Okay, buddy. I'm ready. Let's right, go. I should have gave you a chance to freshen up, but I'm glad I have you on here. It does get confusing with all the time zones, I know. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I guess you didn't know that I was in, in the UK, so I wasn't I'm not sure in Denmark. Because I, I know you moved there a long time ago. I didn't know if you were still there or not. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm awesome, glad that you're there, and I'm glad that Witch Cross, you know, a couple of years ago decided to get back together. Because to me, being a fan, going back to the demo days, I mean, even to the Blood Eagle, I remember getting that tape and a, and a demo trade 30, 30-something years ago. Uh, I was wow. always disappointed that there was just the one album, a lot of demo tapes, but, you know, you kind of broke up not long after that record, and you formed Harlot, and you went on with other music. But I'm glad that you were able to put Witch Cross back together. Did you see all the interest coming out over the last few years on the internet and, you know, the resurgence in metal? No, well, it, it was a bit funny, you know, because uh, it, it was, uh, you know, we, with, with Facebook and MySpace and all that stuff, I sort of had the, the idea that I just wanted to put out some of the old demos and and, uh, and, and see if people were still up for it. And, and a few people said, sort of, yeah, great band. And, and then... Um, then I sort of uh, had a plan in my head 
some years back that I wanted to do an album, just, you know, metal album again, you know, come come back to where I started out. And then um, a, a few people sort of showed interest in the band. He did, a, did an interview and then, then the, uh, all, all this thing about doing the, the, the reunion concert. And so I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. And, you know, I, I noticed that people watched it on, on YouTube, uh, some of the old clips, et cetera, you know. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. We, you know, maybe, maybe we should do something with this. But I didn't, I didn't know that, that there, was, there was quite a, a bit of an interest in the band that sort of accumulated over the years due to the... To, uh, due to the, the the fact that the album had been re-released and and it, it was basically down to to um, that it was a lot easier to uh, to get get um, get the music across with the internet. So it, it was uh, it was quite interesting that uh, to actually meet the people that uh, that listened to to Witchcraws, you know, and uh, and some some of them weren't even born when it's picked up, you know. That's right. So it was. Uh, it was an, an amazing sort of a, a revelation, really, that there, there was a, a new audience. That, that, that to be honest, we, it was it was slightly different to what we had back then. Uh, so it, it was actually people that had grown up listening to the album, and, and you know, like like I maybe had with the Beatles, except for you know, so, so that whole thing, you know, I, I it's all a sort of dawned on me that yeah this is this really brilliant you know and I was, I was just amazed you know uh, how people reacted when we went out and played and they sang all the songs and it was just uh, it was I mean you know if, if we had just a little bit of that support back then in in 85 you know then 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 I don't think we would have split up you know to be honest it was, yeah. it was just really it was just really tough times in Denmark you know and um and there was only a few bands that actually survived, and Merciful Fate was pretty good, you know, because they managed to get get out out of Denmark pretty soon, actually, uh, because you, you couldn't play anywhere in Denmark. I mean, Merciful Fate was they weren't big in Denmark, but it just you know, it was a sort of global thing, you know, and and um, and we were sort of we, we were struggling a little bit, I think, in the early We had a bit of success in in LA and stuff, but we never got to play there. So it was, um, I think, yeah, we, we, we just, we, we couldn't see it going anywhere at that point. Yeah, I, I guess Denmark was probably a very small scene, uh, you know, because the band did come out in the late 70s, which cross was from the late 70s, and going into like the oh, heyday yeah, of metal, it must have been a small yeah, scene. Well, we sort of, we sort of came out of uh, all that Deep Purple, uh, Black Sabbath, and, and um, and that sort of thing. That's how we really started out. We started out being a, a cover band, you know, playing sweet and, yeah. and and deep purple and and stuff like that with the with the keyboard based thing. And then then when when we started listening more to sax and then and Iron Maiden, and then we we sort of decided we wanted to be more like a, a metal band in that sense. And um, and that I mean, Blood Eagle. That was more. That was that was still with keyboards and. and and so it had much a much different feel than 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 Witch Cross and yeah and I think you know I, you know I just got blown away by 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 Iron Maiden when they came out and you know I was always a big Saxon fan but you know Iron Maiden was a big influence and then obviously Judas Priest 
influence on us. So um, I don't know. It, it was um, the, the first couple of years when things were moving ahead and there was development. The, it kept us going really well, you know, and and we were pushing ahead and it, we were just happy to play gigs. But then, you know, when you when you start doing smaller tours and then um, you see, well, you're not going to do another one for six months. You know, what are we going to do in the meantime? You know? Yeah. And, and there was a bit of um, we had we had a few sort of uh, personnel changes in the band. Um, we had a new drummer uh, the last year with the guy that, that we're actually playing with now, um, like called Lars, and uh, and uh, and also we, we split up with our guitar player and had to have him replaced, and that we found it hard to actually get people with, you know, um, maybe with the same drive as as we had had when we started out. You know, when you get new people in the band, you think the band needs to be going really really pushing ahead, you know, rather than, um, or, or you need some, some new blood in there that actually brings something to the, to the, to the band. And, and, um, no, no, no offense to the, to the, to the newer guys, but, you know, it, it just didn't sort of, it just didn't lift, you know? Sure. Um, and so, so what happened was basically me and the singer, we, we sort of left, um, instead of, we thought, I mean, we're not going to just try patch this thing up. We we, we just decided we, we were going to try something different, you know, and and that uh, that sort of led led to the band eventually. Uh, one year after we had left the band in in '85, they they stopped playing uh, with only one uh, original member, which was Jan, the bass player in the band. So so. Uh, so after that, we, I mean, we played, we played a few shows together in in, in Denmark. I think we, we did two reunion shows over the the, the next thirty years or, or so, you know. And it, it was it was it was a bit of fun, you know, and, and people people thought that was pretty cool, you know. But but um, when we got asked to to do this show in Germany, keep it true, and it, I thought, well, I mean, that's going to be fun, you know, just for a laugh, you know, but. Uh, it was just, uh, just basically, just, you know, we were all blown away by the by the support, and it was, uh, it was we, we decided there and then that that was not going to be the last show. So we, we sort of um, done done quite a few shows, but not done some shows in, in last year and, and doing some this year again. Definitely, you just play with Deep Purple. You talked about Deep Purple earlier. You just play with Deep Purple this yeah. past week, right? Well, that was not with the, that was not with which cross actually. But it was it was with the original singer who I'm, I'm still working with in, in another band. So, so I I, I play with it with, in a number of bands. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're really keeping busy. Yeah. Well, I've I've been you know I've been living from playing music for since since I left which cross. So so I've been playing with lots of bands, you know, touring touring the world and stuff like that. So so but. Um, no, which course we supported God Hard on a few shows in Italy, on the festival in Italy. We got uh, a few Scandinavian shows coming up um, this autumn. But we sort of we, we we waited really really waited for the album to come out. So, of course, we thought we're not going to go and do some shows without anything new out, and it um, sort of made sense to wait for the album. But it just got pushed back a little bit. Um, we're trying to finish all the artwork and. Uh, and mastering, etc., and, and also it took us a little bit longer to get the album ready that, than than we than we thought because we, we we wanted to get it right this time. You know, if 
if you're paying out an album after 30 years. So you don't just want to put something together, you know, quickly. Sure. You know, we, we, we really worked on it, and, and it was, um, I hope that people sort of appreciate it. We had great reviews all, all around, which is good, you know, um, which was, we, we thought, you know, we probably got to get a few bad ones, but to, to be honest, there's only been one or two that hasn't really sort of been been positive. So yeah, I think I think all around we've been very very lucky, or or you know maybe it's it's because the album is great. You know, I hope so, but but you know we really appreciate the support we've been getting. Yeah. Well, the new record, Axel Grind, does sound great. It was was there anything from that record that was stuff you were, like worked on over the years and maybe because all, all the demos and everything were re-released about a year ago in the compilation record that came out. So I don't know if you were going to go back to maybe re-record some of the older tunes or stuff that came on the demos after the first record. But this is like all new material. It just sounds like where which trust would have been like with the next record. But you know, it's very modern. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, yeah. I didn't really fancy re-recording any of the old demos. We, we we sort of talked a little bit about maybe doing one song, and and to be honest, we might do one in in the future. But it it definitely needs to be something that hasn't been released by on on in demo form or on these box sets and etc. That's been out now. Um, but um, no, I don't. You know. Uh, I mean, I was one of the, the main songwriters in in the band, you know, and and sort of um, so, so so continuing from there wasn't a big big problem, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, over the years I've I've worked in different musical styles and and I listened to a lot of different stuff. And when when we, when I first write when I first started writing for. Uh, which crossed off. It was slightly different. It, maybe it was a bit more modern sounding, um, but uh, I soon became aware of that, that that there was a there was a fan base that, that really liked the old old stuff. You know, so you know that's what I like as well. <laughs> so so rather than just uh, trying to do something that uh, that what, what the kids do today, you know, I thought, well, why don't and um, it just seemed to, just, it, it came flooding back to me, you know, the, you know, it was good, you know. I mean, we, we did, we did an instrumental on this album, that's a clear sort of link to the, to the previous. Only the real, the, the only real track I sort of said, let's, let's try to do an instrumental, you know. Yeah. Um, again, you know. I think we're losing Mike there. I don't know. I think we lost the connection over there. Yeah, he drifted off a few times. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know, Mike, can you hear us? Uh, we, I think we lost you. Uh, let me see that. Uh, let me try this one more time. And Try giving Mike a call back if I can. I must have him on a cell phone. You know, the, the cell phone doesn't work as well when you when oh, you use when yeah. you're out on Skype. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't work as well. All right. Hey, Mike, are you there? No, I think we lost him for good. Uh, there we go. No. 
He's probably still talking on the phone. Because <laughs> I'm getting like a business thing. He's probably still talking. All right, we'll hang up with Mike. And uh, I apologize if I listening. Tonight's show is just going downhill as fast as possible. There we go. Hello, Mike? Yeah, Mike, we lost the connection there. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I was, I was talking away. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how much you heard about that. We got but, most uh, of it. I, I said it. He's probably still talking. doesn't realize we got cut off. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you now. That's perfect. Yeah, oh, no, we, we, got, right, we got everything you were talking about. Uh, we got it all in, so thank God for that. But you talk about the band. You you left Denmark. You moved to the UK. You played in a whole bunch of Dirty Tricks were one of the bands you played in back then. Did you move to, like, kind of, like, try your luck out in the UK because it was probably more of a vibrant scene than, like you said, in Denmark at the time? Yeah, I, it was, um, I mean, after, after which caused me and the singer, Alex, we, we formed a band called Harlot, and we did an album in Denmark. And which which came out about eighty nine, and we we started doing that album, and it was it was a fairly decent success in Denmark, and we tried to release it in Germany. Um, but um, again, you know, uh, I, I got to a point in, in in my life where I thought, you know, we we put a lot of effort into that album, and it, and the market is so small in Denmark, so I thought to do a new album, I, I really want to be in in a in a bigger place, uh, you know, um, and me and the drama, we, we decided we, we gonna, we're going to go to uh, to England and, and try our luck. We joined an English band and played with them um, for a while, and uh, then we formed another band. Well, we reformed the Danish band here with some English musicians and, and tried to get a deal. So I've been, I've been in a few sort of rock metal bands uh, in England, and then, I, you know, done a done a lot of recordings and, um, and producing and stuff, so it's it's just been a, a mixed thing, really. You know, I think to, to survive music, you're going to do a lot of different things, you know, so, yeah. so it's been anything from, uh, you know, played some country stuff, or played uh, acoustic folky music, you know. I do a lot of writing for for what you call library music, you know, which yeah. is used in TV and, and stuff like that, so, so it, uh, I do a, a, a Sort of a lot of different stuff, but it it also helped out when um, because I ended up producing a new Witchcross album, so I sort of had all the experience and the equipment, etc., to to actually put the album together. So that uh, that was, I think, that was a, a big help for us, you know, that that, that I could do it, you know, um, piece piecing the album together, and, uh, and then we just had the. We just recorded the drums uh, separately and and the bass and everything and so so it, it wasn't like the old day where where we all went in and just recorded as a band. It was more putting the stuff together and then they get get uh, get the guys into to record the bits. So so far I think we we made it sound like an album rather than just just uh, what it is. Uh, it's um, sort of pieced together. It, it was very much written in the same spirit as. As we wrote in the old days, you know, so so it was it was meant to work as as a, as a piece of music, as a song, you know, rather than just being bits thrown together, you know. So so I think that that sort of that comes across well, and 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 we we noticed when we played live, it's it's a they they good live live tracks, you know, to to play live songs. 
They really are. You you did a phenomenal. Uh, you did a great job on this record, Mike. Axe of Grind, Mason Allen by Witch Cross. I hope there's going to be many more. I'm not going to keep you much longer because I can, I see the connection starting to go down again. I don't want to lose you and cut you off, but I do appreciate you talking to us today. People can find Witch Cross oh, on the internet, Facebook, and they can buy the album through Hell's Headbangers and your website, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the website is just www.witchcross.dk because we're Danish, so it's .dk. And they also, it's just Facebook slash Witchcross. So, um, and we are, I think we're on Twitter as well. Just, um, I think we're just one word, Witchcross.dk. Um, but yeah, we, we, we quite, we quite sort of active on, on, on all the social media so people can get in contact and, and do just, you send us a line if you want to, know something, you know, we, we sort of quite uh, approachable, so so do feel, if, if you've got something you want to say, you know, anybody can just contact us, you know, so. That sounds great. All right, Mike, thank you very much. I know it's late. I appreciate it, and uh, the best of luck with the band. Oh, thanks thanks for having us, and uh, say hi to Pat Travis for me. I used to listen to him a lot when I was uh, when I was a kid, especially here in the street, you know, great album. <laughs> so it's a, Definitely. It's a Brilliant, yeah. But thanks for having us on, Mike. And uh, I'm sorry about the time distance. I was, I was, all, I was all set for you. you know, I know, I figured that. Yeah. So, but, but uh, okay, mate. Thanks Thank for having us on, and and um, do do contact us any any other time you want us want to speak about. I will, okay. Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay, there you go. Mike from Witch Cross. Great band, love them. I, I figured something like that went on, T, because it was after yeah. midnight over there, and I, you know, you, you get the next day in your head, and you forget that. You know, he was thinking it was would have been tomorrow night, you know, for us over here. Yeah. For the interview, it happens. <laughs> you got to tell them New York time. I know? did. No, yeah. no, I write down their time zone also. When I when I send out a request, yeah, it goes out to their time, you know. But the thing is, he was in Denmark. So it's after twelve o'clock over there. So that oh. would have been that would have been tomorrow, first Monday would have been the twelfth. Oh, so he's really in the UK. Oh. He's in the UK, which is the same day as us. It's eleven o'clock over there. Oh my God! So really? his people, when they sent it to him at twelve o'clock, they put it down that it was which really was, which was tomorrow. That was because I thought they were still in Denmark because it still has a Denmark email address. I didn't oh, realize okay. he's still living in the UK. So he was thinking it's tomorrow because they told him twelve o five. That would have been tomorrow night. Oh, okay, okay. You know, he but he's still like technically, you know, the same day as us over. In right, Sunday That's night. That's okay. Sunday I don't know. You know, when, when you got to scramble like that at the beginning of the show, trying to contact somebody because yeah, you think I the see. Wait, it, it just throws my whole show off. It really does. I just like lose my train of thought because I can't figure out how to operate the damn Skype. Also, the switchboard. I wish there was a way that I could hook you up to the switchboard, so at least you could do that in the music while I'm trying to figure out the the phone call. You just you can't do it here. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, I'd just let you take control of that, and I would just keep fooling around with the phone number until I can get it. It's a pain. i got to go to the college out here and get, like, one of these interns, you know, have them come in and uh, handle all the stuff for me, you know? Okay. See if I can apply for, like, you when I get the college credit, they work as an intern, to see if I can uh, get my <laughs> station over here listed on the on the internship and have them come work for me for free, you know? Okay. All right. Well, let me see. Let's yeah. have a begin on a tune from the Brain of Witch Cross record. Right yeah. after that, Mr. Kent Pierce on PierceMail.com is going to call us up and tell us everything happened in the New York City area this week and maybe give us his views on the Gigantor from the other night because he was there taking pictures and, you know, reviewing the show. But uh, off the Brain of Witch Cross record, here's a song called Demon in the Mirror. Yeah. 
Rich Dog, Digging in the Mirror. There's a video of that song up now on YouTube. Go check it out. That was a challenging interview, you know, and he was a nice guy, Mike. I wish we could have spoken longer, but we had trouble connecting. We had the interview started 20 minutes late. We had wrong phone numbers. We had we lost audio. Yeah. First, like, I'm telling you, those phone calls on the cell phones to Europe, they get damn expensive, even on Skype. So, what are you going to do? But, you know what? We move on. People say, you know, why don't you pre-record all the interviews? You know, sometimes we have to because artists set up, you know, interviews like one day and they do a whole bunch of them or maybe they're on a tour. And, you know, if I want to interview that type of artist, I have to, you know, pre-record. But I prefer to do it live. And you know what? Once every now and then, glitches like this happen. That's part of the live show. And you know what? If you listen to a lot of other metal shows on the radio, on the internet that are all pre-recorded, you know, the music, the interviews, you can tell as soon as it comes on. It just it just loses that spontaneity. You know, I wish everything went perfect, but in the real in the real world it doesn't. So, you know, you make lemonade when you have lemons, right? There you go. All right. Well, speaking of lemonade, let's welcome Mr. Ken Pierce from PierceandMelt.com because he's the Swedish sugar. Sour fruit. I mean, <laughs> hey, what's going on there, guys? I'm telling you, you know, Time Warner might be able to keep us from CBS programming and Showtime, but it cannot stop the Heavy Metal Mayhem show. That's go. right. That was a good post. I just saw that a little while ago. I tell you, and it makes me wish it could have. No, I mean, what, what did, I say that with, did I say that with my loud voice? I meant to say that inside my head. That's okay. Oh, man. Great, great, great fun to be back here with you guys again. And I, I, I saw, I, I heard you say that uh, one of the photos I posted from uh, Newstead kind of looked empty with the Gigantor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, because I took one with the phone. I went way in the back. I had to go get a beer. You know, I felt like uh, I felt like trying one at the show. I hadn't done that in uh, well ever. So, uh, you know, it was good stuff that beer there. I tried that again. But anyway, uh, so so there were not a lot of people uh, in there for him when he went on. He actually even came out and said, oh, great to be here in front of a couple of hundred of my closest friends. And I kind of think that's cheap of an artist to say, too, because it's like, hey, you know, they're here. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Play the right. show. Play the hey, show. You got lemons, make me a lemonade. Stay. Right. That's right. Is, do you want lemonade over there, T? Because you're like, this is the second lemonade reference. Yeah, I'm kind of toasty. Uh, there you go. I use a so, beer. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend them. They're wonderful. Uh, so, so you know, so but his uh, his. Uh oh. How uh, how they uh, the Gigantor was a little bit of a of a flux this time. You know, like yeah. somebody said that they didn't like the lineup in the chat room, and uh, I mean, you know, people in the, that I polled around the Metal Republic were saying how uh, they were mad that it was split into two shows for New York City. Now, if you remember, this this was a full tour with, obviously, Megadeth headlining, Black Label Society, Hell Yeah, Device, Newstead, and an unsigned band called Death Division. Um, this full package is going on in numerous markets, but New York City, it got split into two different nights with half bands each night. Now, the ticket price remained the same, $60 a ticket. Yeah. It was three bands. There was a ticket. You had to. It wasn't a. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you had to buy a separate ticket for each night. It wasn't it? They just divided that's the correct. show into two nights. That was. Right. That's a horrible. That's horrible. So yeah. 120 dollars if you wanted to see both nights, technically. Wow. So I think I think that turned a lot of people off because there was somebody who said, you know, screw New York. I'm going to Camden to see it. And uh, he was never heard from again. Uh, <laughs> that's, 
terrible. See, I'm see, I'm talking to you too much, and I'm getting like you with the with the obnoxious. So, uh, I so like it. Uh, so you know, and 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 if I can just close up the the gigantor topic with one one thing that I felt was the worst part of it. You have this unsigned band who's apparently doing uh, really well across the tour. They I guess they were hand picked by someone. I think they said Mustaine picked them out or Ellison. Somebody okay. you remember Ellison? You called him a second rate bass player once. No, before. I did. Right. Yeah. Called him a B player. B uh, B second rate, whatever. <laughs> B is still second. Anywho. Um, <laughs> so even they were not playing on the Gigantor night that I had gone to, and I said, you know what? Started at 6:30, then put the put those put the unsigned band on because, you know, you figure New York City, and I know it makes me sound uh, pompous about our city, but I think this is one of the most important gigs to play. You know, yeah. the city. You know, yeah, definitely. So uh so here the guys are probably playing uh you know in other other states and uh and they didn't get to play New York City which I think would have was probably something they were looking forward to as well sure. but uh so but that's that the show was good though I mean uh, you get what you pay for with Megadeth it's always a solid show and he he wasn't super super chatty uh, that night and uh, and neither was Zach um but they were good and Newstead played five or six songs uh one new one one Metallica and uh, it's it's he's good, so it'll be uh, it'll be a good album by him that's coming out soon. And uh, Black Label has a, a thing called Unblackened coming out soon, which is not an unplugged album, but just kind of a stripped down Black Label Society album, which I think his fans will like. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that when it's coming closer to being released. But let me give so. you the. Let me give you the scoop on what's going on this week. Uh, actually, already in progress with the opening bands, you got All Shall Perish over at the studio at Webster Hall. Um, bands like Oceano, uh, Within the Ruins, Reflections, and Betrayal are the, are the support bands. So you're probably getting one of those bands on around now or just coming on in a few minutes. So if you feel like hanging up on the show and running out there, to see uh, oh. some bands at the studio, not you, I mean Tommy or somebody else who's listening who says, fuck this, I'm gone. And, uh, you know, so that's the, the, the skinny. You, you know that the listeners do say that to us periodically, right there? there. I didn't know that, but I'm glad you told me. Okay, I'm just saying, I hate to. <laughs> I hate to depress you, of course. That's all. But anyway, so that's so that's going on tonight over at the studio at Webster Hall. That's a it's an interesting lineup. Over at the Highline Ballroom on Tuesday, you got ten years, and they will be playing their brand of alt metal with uh, an opening band called Monster Truck, and I think I uh, forget what the other band is, but the I, I I'd never heard of the two opening bands before, uh, but they are over there at the Highline Ballroom. On Wednesday, Baroness is going to play at Irving Plaza with the help from Royal Thunder. That should be a really interesting show. As you remember, Baroness were in a terrible bus accident just about a year ago, and um, uh, they really, really got hurt. And uh, two guys quit the band, right? Not long after their recovery, figuring, uh, hey, this... <laughs> We ain't we ain't in for this, you know. And, it's not uh, worth it. Yeah, it's a shame, you know. It's a shame because uh, they get a lot of uh, positive press for Baroness. On Thursday, a big show going on over at the Gramercy Theater is the All Stars Tour. Now that is the the likes of what is it? It's every time I die is headlining along with Chelsea Grin, Veil of Maya, Terror, Straight from the Path, Volumes, 
Capture the crown for all those sleeping. I wrestled a bear once. Striker, ice nine kills, and day shell. Now, that's a lot of bands. So this show starts at about 2 p.m., or at least doors are at 2 p.m., and it's going to be a very fast-moving show um, to get in and out with the bands and also on the stage. Now, remember, this, uh, this show was originally over at Irving Plaza, and it has been moved to the Gramercy Theater. All tickets will be honored at the Gramercy Theater that are purchased already, and there still are tickets left. Phil Anselmo at the, and the Illegal Show at Best Buy Theater, I will say it one more time, that show has been canceled and reset up for the Gramercy Theater. The reason I stress it like that is because tickets that were purchased for Best Buy Theater are not valid at all at the Gramercy. This was an AEG performance uh, originally, and now it is a Live Nation show, so the tickets are not valid. So I just know that some of the fans are going to walk up there with their Best Buy tickets and thinking they're going to get in and be uh, be upset. So... And this is Phil Anselmo doing his new uh, solo album stuff and I guess whatever else comes to mind because the album that he just released, uh, Walk Through Exits Only, I believe it's called, is pretty much just about a half hour long. So um, not a big set. And he's got the guys in War Beast opening up. And who else? Author and Punisher are the acts. And that's all I have so far for the week. I don't really Mm. think there's much else to tell you. Well, Kenny, you've told me plenty, and like always, you've informed me and our listeners about everything going on in the New York City area. You really got me interested now in this Black Label Society album called, uh, what is it, Unblacked? Unblackened. Unblackened. I'm dying to hear that record because that's the way I like my coffee and my women. So I'll take the album with that also. Unblackened, eh? So, anyway, with that being the case, I will leave you listeners, and I'm not going to say to come and like us on Facebook, because like you pointed out, when <laughs> I, I think I don't think your listeners are paying attention. I think they're hearing me say, come to the page and unlike it. I, I, I don't understand. But fortunately, it's, it's only a numbers game in Facebook. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to keep up with Piercing Metal, just hit the site, the blog, the gallery, the Twitter or the Instagram, but still, uh, we would like you to come down yeah. and uh, see and see what's going on with us on all of the social mediums. Absolutely. So, uh, and uh, and hey, Mike, I got. Uh, I'm gonna paste it on the. Uh, they're doing a little server maintenance, so maybe maybe when it comes down to time, we got photos of King Diamond over at the Tuska Festival. Oh, nice. Uh, by our good friend, our good friend Samuel went to see uh, the King when uh, he played Tuska a few weeks ago, and he said. He is in fantastic form. He said he Excellent. is just sounding so good, looking so healthy, uh, and just put on a hell of a show uh, for the Finns over there. So um, you definitely uh, want to take a look at that. Uh, there's, they're doing some server maintenance at the company that hosts my site right now, so it's it's kind of sporadic, which happens uh, on these servers sometimes. So, but uh, there's a blog called uh, Tuska on the on the WordPress. So. And uh, I think you guys will like it. But anyway, let me let you get to Pat Travers. I'm looking forward to hearing about him. So I will talk to you guys next week. Stay rocking. You got it, Kenny. Take care. Sprite, that sounds like my whole sex life. (laughs) What makes you laugh the names of these bands, you know? Oh, my God. I a bear once. I, I thought, try not to laugh when I he tells he you the name off. of his bands. I thought he went off, you know, like off cat, you know, off. No, you these know. are the names of the bands. I wrestled a bear once. Uh, Did you hear the other one? I buttered my bread with butter. 
Get out of here. Really? I, I missed to, that one. I swear to God, there's I a vent called I butter my bread with butter. I butter my bread with Paul K. What the fuck? I butter my bread with butter. The Tony Danza tap dance experience. I'm looking yeah, yeah. What is on that? The Tony Danza. They would have to put up a marquee four blocks wide to fit the names of all these bands on the bill if there was ever a festival I, uh, coming I, uh, to town. They probably with the just put. They just probably put Danza. <laughs> uh, what was the bear? I even forgot. I, oh, I, I don't remember. The bear. <laughs> I cuddled the bear. I don't know. Something There's like so that. many of these bands. It's not even funny. It's, I mean, you know, uh, give me a break here. I know. Well, let's get back to a band that has a nice, quick, and short name. TT yeah. Quick. There, <laughs> there you, you go. go. <laughs> Victims. <laughs> Jersey Metal.
think I gave you a double shot in New Jersey there. That was Blessed Death with Meltdown. Great band. I'm in touch with all the guys in that band. I've been trying to get one of them to call on this show, but yeah. they just don't want to do it. You know, they're just, you know, they're not, the band's not together anymore. It's not active. And they've all, you know, went on to do other things. But that's what I say. But I guess, you know, the guitar player is actually in a band called Mercury Rising. They're a cover band. They just play around the New Jersey area, I guess, and have fun. But, uh, you know, like not really into the interview thing. Like we could push his gigs. I, I said that, but I, I just don't think they're comfortable like, doing live interviews. They really haven't done them in a long time. And back in the day, there weren't very many live shows to even do anyway. It was mostly, you know, print interviews. So I just yeah. think they might be uncomfortable being questioned live, like they're going to goof up or whatever. But if they've heard this show, you can't mess up any more than we do. So don't worry about yeah, it. Just come on. It's all for fun. We're just having a good time and we talk. But I'll get them on. It'll take me a little while. I got a feel. Well, a couple of the guys don't live in New York anymore. So, uh,. A reunion might not be possible, but they might get together and maybe do a little something, especially if they see the scene or really pick it up again. And well, who knows? You never say never in this business, you know? Whoever thought Tempest would get back together, right? Exactly, exactly. And you guys are playing again, so, you know, good comes, so got to just keep your eye out on it. But we have Mr. Pat Travis in a few minutes. What is it? About a quarter after seven? About ten yeah. minutes or so, we'll have Pat Travis on. But I just want to tell you, we have a great bunch of guests coming up. We're halfway through August already. And September starts the five-year anniversary of the Heavy Metal Mayhem radio show. So it's hardly five years. It's kind of come and gone really quick. But we've got great guests lined up for you. Next week, Michelle Away Langevin from Voivod is going to be our guest. As well as Andy Dawson and Chris Bradley from Savage. Everybody remembers those guys from back in the day. Sure. I, I said that word a couple of times to them when I was talking with them. And I think I offended them and made them sound like they were ancient. You know? But uh, a bunch of great guys. And Savage is still playing. So I'm looking forward to that. What do we have come up after that? Uh, Sean Van Wy from the Death Alley Moloco. We had these guys on a couple of years ago, and uh, Sean's going to be calling back in, as well as Mr. Doyle, Wolfgang Von Frankenstein from the Misfits. So we're closing out the month in a pretty big way, I have to say. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, I was putting the banner together for the, for the show with Doyle, and I was looking at him, and the guy is built like a fucking stack house, man. <laughs> like, oh. This guy's like 50 years old. He looks like he's 20. I mean, completely pumped up. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I know what I'm doing wrong. I mean, well, you shit. know what you're doing wrong. No. <laughs> he uh, he has an endorsement with um, October Guitars, a friend of mine from the internet, but they also make guitars for, uh, you know, for Raven and now Anvil. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he does an endorsement for them, and he's got like a bass and a guitar, and they show pictures of him, and I thought it I thought it was a joke. Yeah, I didn't think it was real. Yeah, yeah. And then they show some videos of him playing. He comes out even with the bass. It looks like nothing to him, you know. I know. Because it's like it looks like an axe, like a crazy looking axe. Yeah. And like a little pointed thing, and it's just like a toy to him, you know. I'm like, holy crap! Oh, he makes uh, well, even in the day, uh, Danzig. He makes them look like nothing. I know. He's he's pumped up, man. So uh, that's gonna be a great show and. September's going to be right around the corner. We're already lining up guests, you know, so keep your eye out. I know we have Ian Dick from the new wave of British heavy metal band Soldier coming on. They have a new record coming out. And for our 50th anniversary show, we have oh, James, wow. LeBray from, James LeBray from the Dream Theater is going to be our guest that night. So we got a wow. great show. And cool. we also have, we also got a whole mix bag of nuts that night. We have, we have all the guys from Death Dealer going to be calling in. Ross the Boss, Rhino, right. Mike Davis, Sean Peck. I don't think Stu Marshall's going to be on, but... You know, we got Sean Peck from Cage. Mike plays with Halford, and I forget about it. He plays with a lot of. He plays with Ozzy, a yeah. lot of different bands. And you know, Ross the Boss from Man of War. He's a good friend of yours. So, 
Going to have a great 50th anniversary show. And I think we have one more guest lined up. I'm not too sure yet. I'll find out in a few weeks when it's confirmed. But September's shaping up pretty good. We're going to have a great five-year show. So don't forget to tune in then. And tune in every week. But how about we do one more New Jersey uh, band? And uh, then we talk to Pat Travis, get us some of his music in. We'll be about time to wrap things up, I think, after that. Okay. Sound good to you? Well, it's our good friend Bobby Leatherlung Lucas's birthday today. He turned 16 years old. Uh, he's actually a little older than that, Bobby. But Bobby was a great singer and a great guy. Uh, he's had a little health issues again lately, but he's looking and feeling a lot better. So we want to wish Bobby a happy birthday. So how about we get something on off the brand new Attacker record, Giants of Canaan. This was an amazing comeback record for the band. It's been out for about seven months right now. It's on vinyl. If you want to get the vinyl copy, you just go to Metal on Metal Records or reach out on the internet to them. I know they had to cancel a couple of shows over the summer because Mike Sabatini was in a bad accident and he got hurt. But he's oh. back. He's healthy. They're rehearsing. And they're going out on tour, I believe, in September or October of this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to catching them again, and uh, they're going to be on the, a couple of good bands on that bill. We'll talk about it when we get a little closer to it. But off the new record, here's Born at the Battle. <laughs>
Alright, semi-brand new attack I have to say now because the album has been out over half a year. Born at the Battle. If you haven't picked up Giants of Canon, go ahead. It's on Metal and Metal Records. Those are good friends of ours. Jawida runs a, a tremendous label out there in Italy. She signs all these great bands to, you know, puts out their albums and really pushes them and you know, gives them the top-notch treatment over there. And she's a great artist. She does most of the covers on the albums that they put out on their label. Cool. Yeah, so you know what? Let's talk to Pat Travis. I, I, I don't know. I, I know, like you, you've probably seen him a dozen times at Lamore's back in the day in the '80s, because Pat was yeah. always like always on the bill over there. And yeah, great guitar player. I mean, it's been going on this for over 40 years when you think about it. You know, since he was a teenager. And uh, I was a big fan of his music back in the late '70s and early '80s. And and then I he kind of went to jazz route. You know, not jazz, I should say, uh, blues. A little more you know, blues. Yeah. yeah, he went a lot more bluesy in the, in the '90s because you know the rock scene kind of died out. There was like all these guys could do to keep active. So he's back with a solid, solid new rock record called Can Do on Frontier Records. Let's talk to Pat, play some music off the album, then I'll give you a chance to go online and buy it. So here you go, Mr. Pat Travers. Hello? Hey, Pat, this is Mike. We have an interview today. How are you? Hey, Mike, how's it going? Mike the Big Cheese? Yeah, that's what they call me. How'd you know that? Because uh, it's written on my sheet here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Cheese, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing great, Pat. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And, you know, being Good. a fan for so many years and so many decades, I'm glad that you're still out there putting out music. I mean, five decades of putting out albums. That's incredible. Yikes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. But, uh, you know, with this new album, I don't really feel – I mean, I, it worked out so well and, you know, certainly not any less enthusiastic or energetic than I ever was, so. So, no. You can you can so hear good. that in the album. Oh, definitely. And can do. I mean, it's a, such a solid rock record. I mean, you know, you, you go back to the early days. I mean, did you ever think, like, when you were playing in Red Hot and Merge, that you know, all these years later, you would still be putting out records and and the quality records? And I, I mean, and the the albums have been all over the place. You've experimented with different styles and and genres, and mm. it all works for you somehow. Well, no, I certainly didn't. I mean. Uh, you know, initially with rock and roll and pop music in general, everything had a shelf life of maybe three to six months, you know. Yeah. That was it. And then it was something new, and it went on. So you never really, you know, after you did an album, it wasn't like you were going to revisit that thing ten years later. Nobody had those thoughts, or even now, 20, 30 years later. But, uh, yeah, and I certainly didn't expect to be making... The kind of, you know, this is almost kind of like an album I would have made back in the late 70s, early 80s, you know. It, uh, yeah. I made it basically the same way, but uh, I wasn't really kind of try, you know, trying to copy myself or do anything. I just actually just let myself free. Just decided to do what I like, you know. And you can hear that sound on this new record, which is phenomenal. And, you know, a lot of people always go back when they talk about your band, they always go back to the Creation Burn record. That's like the pinnacle yeah. for a lot of fans. But to mm -hmm. me, I mean, Black Pearl is actually my favorite record. I mean, I don't know what Thanks. it is. But I, I thought Black like Pearl, was a, I thought yeah, Black Pearl a was a great album, too, you know. And, and unfortunately, just because of the politics that was happening at the time within the you know, management and record companies and stuff. It didn't get the kind of attention it deserved. But, uh, yeah, I think this new album, Can Do, could have been right in between those or right after them or, you know, it sort of is in that same kind of vein, I guess. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're talking about like the politics with, you know, the record companies and the business. And being that somebody who's come up through this thing for a long time and, you know, where record companies were king back in, you know, in the 60s and 70s yeah. and kind of like that. Today we have an industry where it's almost non-existent record labels or support from the few majors that are out there. But as an artist who's been like, you know, on one end and the other of it and seen it change over, you know, the last 30 or 40 years, do you kind of prefer the old system even though there was a lot of baggage that came with it or – you know, the new way where bands have a lot more control over what they do and actually own, you know, what they have. I, I think it's better now. Um, I mean, you, getting a record deal used to be akin to winning the lottery, you know. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. And then and then you really did lose. Excuse me. <clears throat> then you really do, did lose a lot of control. Now, in this age of social media, a, a band or an artist can start to grow their own audience and can reach people all around the world, too. You know, that's the thing. You, you're not just regional, even when you start. You know, you're, you can start to build up a following if, you're, you know, you get friends that help you and put a YouTube video up that's interesting. And, you know, you just keep trying until something hits, you know, and... Uh, so I think that's a lot better. And then, you know, once you start to get big numbers on your social media sites, then record companies will come calling for sure. Yeah. You know, when they start to see you got a couple of hundred thousand people watching your stuff or, you know, going to your site, then they're going to go, hey, you know, they're going to want to get a piece of that. Exactly. You know, what's funny is that you know, I speak to a lot of bands and a lot of artists, and when you talk to a lot of the newer bands and the groups that have just started out maybe over the last five or six years, they all they talk about is like getting signed to that major record label, and that's a dream for everybody yeah. in the industry. And they talk about how they want to be signed and deal with a label. And then when you talk to the people like yourself who've been doing this for so long, they have the, the exact feelings that you have, where they prefer it today, you know, because they've been through it and they've seen it. And I don't think a lot of these kids today realize, you know, what comes with, you know, having to kowtow to a, a label at some point or another. Yep. The problem with a major label deal nowadays is that, first of all, even if you have a successful CD or download, you're not doing the kind of business that was being done 10, 20 years ago. So the record companies want to recoup their investment, whatever they put into the production of the CD, whatever they put into promotion. They're going to start grabbing other things like merchandise and a percentage of your tour dates. So they really start to get their tendrils in nowadays because they, you know, they got to look at other ways to make money other than selling CDs. So yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I don't think a major label deal is actually uh, a good thing, you know, unless you were really an established artist already. I, I you know, because if, if if you weren't successful or even if you were, you know, you. The whole thing can be yanked or the plug can be pulled very quickly and, you know, you're left hanging nowhere, basically. So, but if you take the time as a new artist or as a new band uh, to build up your, your audience, and uh, then you have something, you have a foundation, you know, you have something firm that, that you can rest on and, and then there's going to be times when you're popular and times when you're not as popular. So you need to have that fan base and that foundation. That's so true. And, you know, a lot, like I was saying, for a lot of people, always go back to that Crash and Burn record. And for a lot of artists, they, you know, it's important to have that one milestone, that one record that stands out the most. But you've had so much output over the years. And yeah. is, is having an album like Crash and Burn almost, 
I don't know how to – is it like – is it hard to live up to like repeating that or giving people what they want where, you know, as an artist, you naturally want to move on and progress? Is it more of a drawback? Uh, yeah, there, I had – well, here's the thing. Uh, the reason why Crash and Burn was such a good album was because I had the time to work on it. I, you know, I didn't have to get the whole thing done in two months. And, you know, it took me, once again, about eight months over – you know, we were also touring and stuff. So I was able to come back and forth and really think about it. And after that, well, and then the next couple albums, we still were able to kind of work like that. But getting into the 90s, the budgets just shrunk to the point where, you know, you were lucky to have two, three days of rehearsal, three days of tracking, and three days of overdubs, and three days of mixing, and it's done, you know. Yeah. So two weeks on a entire project and more songs because on albums we usually had to hand in like eight songs now you got to do minimum 12 so you know you're making another half an album again in a quarter of the time and so it's it's not a question of yeah i mean trying to live up to a certain uh album only because you know you got to almost just get lucky when you're working under those conditions because yeah, I can work fast and I'm good, but you know, great takes a little longer. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like the '80s were, like, were a great time for rock. I mean, the '90s can't. I mean, there's always been like that that touch of blues and and, and Motown and, and and rhythm and blues in your music. But the '90s, yeah. you really went full blues almost. I mean, you really dedicated a lot of time to putting out albums based around the blues. And was that because, like, the 80s just, like, kind of took the wind out of everybody with, with rock and it was something new? Or was that, is that just where you were at at that time? You felt you wanted to put more time into that? Well, you know, it was practical um, because, as I said, because of the, the album budgets had shrunk to the point where it, it just would, would have been so difficult to make a great record. So I was offered these so-called blues albums and they were pretty like I said they were pretty easy to do I get paid a specific amount had to go to California Northern California for a week and rehearse and record and overdub and then leave you know I didn't even wasn't even involved in the mixing on most of those so yeah you know I wasn't always happy with the result on those records but I never really held them up as some of my greatest um, works, you know, but this new album, Can Do, I, I kind of operated a lot higher um, bar um, for myself. You know, I wanted to try to make it that there would be no so-called filler on this album at all, and any one of the tracks could have been the first track on the album. And I think it came pretty close. You really did. It's it's an amazing record, and it's such a, a return to like the old form, if that's the right way of saying it. Uh, and I and I yeah. love the album. Do you prefer like the recording technology we have today? Because you know there's still a lot of artists that love recording on the old tapes and the reel to reels. Do you prefer the whole digital medium today? Is that something that's that works better for you? I'm real happy with the way we work now. Uh, I don't know how everybody else does it, but you know I work with Sean Shannon, who's my co-producer and engineer. He also used to play drums for me too, so you know he's a drummer as well, and uh, his studio is literally right up the street from where I live. And uh, you know we got a nice mix of um, the right microphones and mic preamps and stuff, and then going into the digital stuff. So you know you mix it up, have the right kind of outboard gear that 
has the vintage sounds that we like, but then taking advantage of a great new way or a great way to record, which is without having to wait for that tape to rewind and not having to clean that machine every day and line it up and spend an hour on it. And, you know, now it's so much easier to do so many things, like any kind of overdubs or editing. It's just awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can work so much faster. You know, I, I usually only spend about four hours at a time recording, you know, and yeah. then I'm, but I'm pretty intense in those four hours. You know, I don't, uh, I, I get a lot done. <laughs> That's important. Pat, do you remember like going back to like when you first were starting out and you were first starting to get into like professional bands and playing bands and gigging bands? I mean, up, you're in Toronto at that time as a kid. How was the scene in Toronto? Was that a place where bands and music could thrive? Because back then you really kind of had to, you know, start out locally and, and you know you kind of work your way out bigger and bigger. Where today, with the click of a button, the whole world can hear and know everything you're doing within seconds. But back then you kind of had to yeah. branch out you know, from your city, you know, and, and go out from there. Was it a thriving scene in Toronto at that time in the seventies? Well, yeah, there there was actually Toronto and Montreal were both great cities that had a lot of artists, a lot of bands, and even had a kind of distinctive style, sound, you know. Um, but through my team, even though I was born in Toronto, I ended up in Ottawa, which is the capital of the country, when I was a teenager, and that's where I started playing. And there were tons of bars and places to play. And I mean, we just we played six nights a week and did a matinee on either Saturday or Sunday. And, and uh, so we played a lot, you know. I mean, we were always working, but... Uh, you know, you could only get so far. Um, at least that was my experience. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of original music for some reason. People preferred to hear, just go in and hear the songs that they were already familiar with. So we, we did a lot of covers, you know. Yeah. And I kind of was happy to do that from when I was 15, 16, 17. But then as I started to get a little older, I, you know, I wanted to... I, I wanted to be uh, out in the world. I didn't want to just be in Toronto or Ontario or Quebec or whatever. I wanted to be all over the place. So that's when I decided to move to London, England uh, in 1975 when I was 20, 21, just turned 21. And uh, so that changed everything for me. You know, I got a record deal and started playing to the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like so long ago, but I, you, I can remember a lot of it like it was yesterday. Uh, oh, me too. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. I absolutely. It was uh, it was a scary, exciting time for me. I was only 21. I'm in a completely different country, and and uh, you know I really don't know anything. You know, I'm starting sure. all over again. But it was uh, exciting, and uh, you know I don't have to. Uh, come up with a book at some point because it was really interesting as well you know there was a lot of interesting things happened i'm sure there's a lot of great stories over all these years <laughs> you know being being a teenager you were playing with bands with adults at the time who you know it was a professional thing to a lot of them uh was mm -hmm. it hard kind of being like the kid in the band where you know they you know like like i tell you what to do and maybe criticize the way you're doing certain things because you really have to have thick skin in this business and i guess some people can grow it over the years and kind of let a lot of things roll off their back, but how difficult is that as a kid? Because, you know, you're full of rage anyway as a teenager, and you probably have people telling you a whole bunch of things that aren't right, you know, and you're learning as you go along. That's an interesting question. You're right. I was always five years at least younger than just about anybody I played with. 
so I was called the kid, but mostly by Ronnie Hawkins, who's another guy that I played with in Toronto when I was 19 or 20. And um, the guys in that band were actually about 10 years older than me. And uh, they weren't happy to have me there in the first place. They, they liked the other guitar player that I was replacing, and they didn't really want this long hair. Yeah. Kid coming into play, and and I always remember I uh, was I just put a new set of strings on, and um, I was doing this annoying thing, bending the strings to stretch them, and I was doing it really loudly. And the pedal steel player Al said, "Don't do that! Don't do that!" It's, and I, you know, and yeah. I was a little brushed aside, but I was glad he kind of pointed it out, and it was, you know, it made me be aware that I, you know, I had to be professional. I had to behave in a professional way. So, uh, you know, I, my face was a little red, but um, I, in the end, was happy to get that criticism, you know, at yeah. that time rather than embarrass myself at another time, you know. So, sure. um, yeah, but I, um, yeah, my skin's pretty thick, really. I guess it always has been. I, You know, because I'm the one that's living this experience and so nobody can really understand other than me what what I'm going through. So, I, I, you know, criticism, I, I love constructive criticism, and I've always been open to it. But, you know, just people taking jabs, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate way things are in this world. You know, Pat, I read an interview a couple of years back where somebody asked you a question. You had answered that at one time or another, you were kind of like uh, courted by Kiss and Aerosmith. All around the same time, but like you didn't even like really realize that that's what no. it was all about. They were like fishing around, I guess, for guitar players at that time. And well, you kind of like, didn't even like, realize I'll it. I'll tell you what happened, and you tell me what you think. So the first time with Kiss, it was uh, 1978, and I was in New York City doing a lot of interviews at their record company's headquarters, kind of like what I'm doing today. And uh, near the end of the day, one of the um, you know, a guy in charge of album promotion says, hey, Gene Simmons is on the line and wouldn't mind saying hello to you. And I went, oh, really? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I didn't know Gene, and I wasn't a big Kiss fan. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I only knew him from the, he was a, at that point, he was just a celebrity, you know, he married to Cher or something, I don't know. So, uh, anyway, I got on the phone, we're talking, and he's very charming and nice, and he invites me over to his... Uh, there's an apartment over on the west side there, and and I go up and meet him, and, you know, we're shooting shit and stuff, but I, I really have no idea why I'm there, you know. And uh, it wasn't until much later that I realized that they had just, uh, were looking for a new guitar player, and so possibly that was what was happening. I couldn't see any other reason for me being there. Yeah. And then the other time with Aerosmith, we were on the road with them, and they had Jimmy Crespo, Crespo and uh, Rick DeFay playing guitar for them, and they weren't working out really good. <laughs> and um, I was always chummy with Steven Tyler anyway. He's a very, very nice guy and a lot of fun to hang with. And uh, But they they would always take, like, the whole, the whole floor and the whole in the Holiday Inn or wherever we were at. And uh, so they invited me up to their floor one night, and it was just uh, Steven and uh, Tom and... Uh, and Joey, and that was it, you know. And uh, we were just sitting there shooting the shit and stuff. And it wasn't until a little later that I put that one together. But I was so wrapped up in my own career that it, there would have been no way that if an official 
you know, they'd asked me to come in. Because I even yeah. got some jams with Aerosmith, you know, uh, during a sound check a couple of times and stuff. But um, who knows? They'll probably deny it. And I didn't think about it until a long time later. Then it sort of made sense. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, like, I can see you actually, you know, playing with Aerosmith and, and doing it with them because of the sound and style. But I just couldn't ever pitch you playing with Kiss. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, quality-wise. Just, I don't see the fit with Kiss ever happening. And, you know, when you look no, back on it No, no, I mean, I, you know, I was never motivated by money. And I think money would have been the only thing that would have motivated me to do a Kiss thing, you know. Yeah. But who knows now? Maybe if they offered me now, I might accept. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You never know, right? Yeah, times have changed, you know. Ask me now. (laughs) (laughs) Because you never know. But if something like that did happen, you know, that was like kind of like when your career was just taken off too music-wise around that era. Uh, But if that did happen, I mean, is that something you'd be comfortable doing? Because I always picture you, even though it's the Pat Travis band a lot of times, you know, it's your band, you're in charge, you call the shots. Uh, Is it working like in another... Yeah, I think I I would have found a situation like that kind of difficult to be in. And um, as I said at the time, it never even crossed my mind. It never occurred to me that I might play with either one of those outfits, or for anybody for that matter. At the time, I, I, I had my own career, and that's all I was interested in. You know. Yeah. yeah. And you've made a great goal of that. You know, Pat. I'm not going to keep you much long. I know you're doing these all whole day long, but Can't Do is out right now. One of your best records. I mean, I thought Fidelis was great. This one is even better. Are you going to be able to get out? You think maybe in a, you know go around the country, uh, the U.S. with this album? Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, first I got kind of I committed to doing this uh, uh, rock and blues tour with Andrew Winter and Rick Derringer and Candy. And ten years after, I committed to doing that way back in like February or January. So. I got 22 shows with them starting this weekend in uh, Las Vegas. That runs through till the 27th of August in Clearwater. Then after that, we have a bunch of shows in September, but I, I don't have the exact itinerary. Then we're off to the U.K. in October, then Europe in November. So, you know, we need to have another big tour set up so I can get out there with my band and show everybody what we're doing. Oh, they're going to be impressed with the new record, Pat. And I can't wait to see you next time you come around the New York area. Thank you very much, All right, Pat. Brother. I appreciate talking to you today. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day. Cheers. You too. Pat Travis, take care.
brand new Pat Travis, the album is Can Do on Frontier Records, Armed and Dangerous. You know, I think Pat is like the ultimate rhythm guitarist. I mean, he's an amazing guitar player all around, but he puts so much time and effort into his rhythm. I, just, I think a lot of guitar players don't do that anymore, especially, you know, a guitarist that are like, you know, the main part of the band. You know, it's Pat Travis, his band. He's oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have good rhythm to be a decent lead, lead player. Yeah. Now, nowadays, these kids only think about his leads. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, Pat is great. Uh, good guy to talk to also. So. I, I too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you know what? I mean, stole him away from the Canadians. No offense. He's a, he's a U.S. Re- he's probably not a U.S. resident, but he lives in the U.S. for a long time now. He's down in Florida. Yeah. All right. Well, we had yeah, a great show tonight. He, I'm sorry. When he said okay, see. in a different country, then I remember they say he's probably Canadian. I see what he means. But, yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. how much different is the United States from Canada, you know? Oh, I can I can list about 114 things right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you I, woke you, up in a Canadian city, you'd never even realize it. Unless, nah, you, you know, wouldn't. Nah, you nah, never would. You know, I mean, you know. I know. It's like the well, same I know thing. the girls are better looking, from what I could tell. That's the God's honest truth. But, you know what, we got another Canadian next week. we got Michelle Langevin. we got a way from Voivod calling in next week. So uh-huh. we're going all Canadian this month here on the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. So no, can- no Canadian. And he's French-Canadian, so you got to watch That's right, that. he's French-Canadian, I know. Oh, you better watch your mouth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll have to keep quiet with that. But I'm looking forward to that because, you know, I've been a Voivod fan since 1983, so... It'll be good to have him on. And plus, I tried to interview him once before a few months ago, and we lost the connection. Then we wound yeah. up, get together again, and the interview bombed out. It just it wasn't happening. So this will be great to have him on finally. And let me see what I got lined up this Thursday on the Metal Matinee at 12 p.m. Okay, on the 15th, it's uh, the United Kingdom of Metal. We're going to the southeast England region of the U.K. And I was putting the list together, and there's like only one or two bands that I was even really familiar with that came from that area. Yeah, uh, the rest I'm... of them are very unknown, even to me. But I do have the record. I've just forgotten about them over the years. So it's going to be a mixed bag of nuts this Thursday in the Metal Matinee. Do not forget to tune in. We've cool. got about 10 minutes left in the show. We'll close out with one or two more tunes. But don't forget, if you get a chance, go over to Facebook. Like the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show page. We picked up about 40 or 50 likes in the last day or so. I don't know what's going on. Maybe cool. people got uh, invitations from somewhere. I saw the link, but I appreciate you liking it. Also, uh, myself and Mike have been working hard trying to build up that Stillborn page. And we have like over 250 people liking it so yeah, far. So go there and cool. like Stillborn. I like the post. Yeah, we can just put up all shit on there. And I know you have the Tempest page, but you, you got to convert that yeah, to a page page. Yeah, I don't even page. bother with that right now, you know. If you want, uh, look for Tempest Brooklyn on uh, Reverb Nation. That's, that's right. Go that to Reverb Nation. It's, it's a little more. Uh, yeah. Delete that account and make a regular page so you can put the music and everything in one shot and yeah. just automatically updates Facebook for you so you don't have to even, like, you know, do both of them. I just got to wait. Don, Dominic's better with the computer for me, with me, uh, than me, I mean, so he uh, he's on vacay. When he comes back from vacay, he said he was going to look into it and make it, a, you know, regular. Yeah, you're better off. It's easier to maintain than to have to get friend you requests. Know, that's I tell you, those Florida band, they shut us down because... We, you know, we ignored them, you know, I, and I yeah. even changed the name to Greenwood Thunder, uh, PKA, uh, Brook, uh, Tempest from Brooklyn. Yeah. But um, they must have talked to somebody from Facebook, and they had us knocked off. I mean, give me a break. They I don't know, even make they don't even make original records themselves. All they do is play cover tunes and a few of their originals. Uh, down in Florida, like the the college areas, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
it's like, but you know, we're not into any kind of competition. Exactly. We're just a garage band, really, you know. Well, we you guys are way more than a garage band. <laughs> you can't say that. You no, guys but are I mean, band. you know, compared to them, you know, they're making money at that na- with the name. We're not making money with the name. We're just doing it as a goof. You know, it's a, a, a you know a reunion of sorts. You know. It is. Well, I'm going to go uh, on and harass them in their page because they're a bunch of asses. So <laughs> if you get a chance, go on to Facebook, look for Tempest, not the Brooklyn Tempest, <laughs> the other one, and harass the crap out of them for us. Yeah, I'll start to later on. We'll get on that. All right, how about we do two songs back-to-back? We'll wrap it up. We'll get out of here. And I'll see everybody Thursday, the Metal Matinee. And if you can't make it, let's get to tune in next week. I want to thank Michael Cox from... Which Cross, you're going to have some trouble getting him on the air for being our guest tonight. We managed to get through the interview the best we could. And Pat Travers, thank you, T, for hanging out like always. And I'll see you next week. Thank you, sir. And take care and enjoy. You got it. All right, here we go. How about we get some victim, pedal to the metal, and then maybe we'll follow that up with a little Sacred Reich, Angels Never Die. So take care, everybody. See you next week.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.